four wins away from a bowl game. I'm amped. I can't tell four. you how amped I am. Four games away, and Garrett Schrader looks like he's ready to re- lead any offense in the country. This is Locked On Syracuse. It's right now. Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on this wonderful Monday morning. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code LOCKEDON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. And thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free. We're available wherever you get podcasts. We're here for you every weekday. What a game that was against UConn. Syracuse is 2-0 and on the season for the first time since 2018. And you'd think Sean Tucker's the only reason why Garrett oh, no. Schrader has been the man. On the season, he's only missed 10 passes. He's 38 for 48. That's 80% nearly, 79.2. 524 yards through the air and five touchdowns through the air. Last year, he only had 1,400 yards through the air. He's already creeping up towards that number right now through two games. Schrader has been impeccable. How about that throw to Damian Alford? I was thinking about you, Owen, when I saw it. That throw was crazy. A perfect throw. That is the best throw I've ever seen him make. What have I been saying all preseason through game one going into this week? I hear he's got a better arm. The arm is improving. The arm is improving. This, 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 this. He's so much better. He's so much better. I needed to see it. I needed that one throw where he actually rears back and throws the ball more than 10 yards and hits someone, and it was absolutely perfect. He threaded a needle perfectly in stride, results in six. It was exactly what I needed to see to solidify the Garrett Schrader is as advertised going into this season. The changes seem real. Uh, He has improved. He threw for almost 300 yards. We called him out last week and said, can you do it? And he's 13 yards shy. He throws for a career high passing yards and just, you know, snags five total touchdowns on the day. Absolutely electric. That throw was everything that I needed to see to become a, a full member of the uh, of the Garrett Schrader train right now. That pass, I think somebody replied to us on Twitter saying this. And if you want to reply to us on Twitter, go shoot us a follow at LO underscore Syracuse. And if you want to show your or give us your thoughts, questions about games, about anything Syracuse related, email us LO Syracuse 44 gmail.com. I think somebody uh, replied to us that it was the exact same throw as the Virginia Tech game last year where he walked it off in Blacksburg. Same throw, same guy, Damian Alford, except on that one he got absolutely pummeled after releasing the ball, and I don't think the throw is as clean. But it was the same kind of idea, except that throw to Alford in the UConn game was a beauty. I mean, really, like, perfect. Uh, He was fantastic. Uh, Sean Tucker didn't have his best game. Like, I was sitting there, and I think everybody else was – like, wow, Sean's like not playing 
as well as I thought he would this game. The dude still ran for 112 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> he still broke 100 yards. I tweeted like, uh, during the game, like, do you guys think he's pleased with this performance? I don't know. I guess we'll only find out today. Well, we're recording this on Sunday. But I don't know if he will. But, I mean, 112 yards and a touchdown, I think I'll take it. I mean, is that not just the perfect nod to him? that we're questioning whether or not he's pleased and we're saying it was a little underwhelming and he wasn't incredible and he runs for a hundred plus scores a touchdown only averaged four yards a carry. Like it was, he was human yesterday. I didn't think we'd be in and this spot still, of Syracuse football fans being like, ah, wow. We only got a right? hundred yards from our running back. What a nod to Sean that we're, we're nitpicking a hundred yard performance. Where, you know, he just did his thing. He didn't do anything too flashy and ends up with, what was this? Is that 15 for 100-yard games now, I think? I like I don't that. want to throw another stat error out there. Uh, I think it's 15. <laughs> I could be wrong. I'm going to give I'll myself look. a – I'll look. It would, mm, I'm going to give myself a minus one. I don't think it's 16. But uh, either way, I mean, 100 yards, again, and we're, we're not sure how good 13. he played. 13, does that include yesterday? Uh, it does. Oh, God. 13. They both end in teen. We'll take that as a win. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's really a nod to him, though, is what I have to say about Sean. And I don't really think there's all too much to break down from him. He did his thing a little bit. And this was this is a Garrett Schrader day. This was a passing day. I want to celebrate what we saw through the air more than, you know, the little things that maybe I, I would have wished, you know, Sean breaks out for that that longer run and has another, what, 160-yard game maybe where he's got two touchdowns and now he's the front page of the Heisman candidacy, whatever. This is what Sean's going to do. He's going to get his fill. Occasionally it's not going to be in the most flashy way, but I almost think that this is – showing me that Sean is that good of a running back just because he is still able to grind and get, you know, those six, seven, eight yard carries early down situations, put them in good spots where they can have the ability to air it out a little bit and take a riskier pass and take that throw. And when Garrett's going to go 20 for 23 through the air, uh, any yards on the ground are, are going to help you, you know, tremendously. I also really liked that the offense featured – what Taj Harris could have been in last season with, and they found it in Aronde Gatson, which is just yeah. a short option that he can always hit if the play breaks down. And they, they saw him do that three times that game. Gatson had 45 yards and every single time it was like on a curl at route. Uh, and it was whenever Schrader needed to pass, you found Aronde Gatson. If, if he can be that all year long against every single team, Syracuse is in a fantastic position right now to win games anytime they, they go out there. Um, we saw a lot of diversity in terms of pass catchers in this game. Everybody, Max Mang caught a pass. Danny Valari caught a pass for 22 yards. Everybody was out there catching passes, man. It was fantastic. Three guys caught touchdowns. How about Demarcus Adams? The transfer catches a touchdown. I thought that was fantastic as well. Everybody was out there catching touchdowns. The defense, by the way, which we'll get to a little bit later, was also fantastic. Um, there were 10 first, pass catchers, Bones. 
10 I know, pass isn't that crazy? They only had seven in the first game. Now they have that's crazy. Like 10 in this game. That's nuts, man. I wonder while I read this ad, how about you find out what that makes the uh season total at? Uh, I would assume 10. pass catchers. Oh, we'll see. Um, okay. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. It's easy to play. You can win cold, hard cash in a single game. And Underdog has investment backing from Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, and more. Sign up with the promo code Locked On, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Okay, Matt Bonaparte. Owen Valentine back with you here on Locked On Syracuse talking SU's big win over UConn. A lot to a little was the final score. Did you find that stat? 11 on the season. LaQuint Allen with two two receptions week one and none in week two being the the 11th there on that list. So we actually talked last week about how UConn had 11 pass catchers through two weeks. And we said it. And we thought that was nuts. And yeah. now we're gonna spin. Now we're gonna spin zone it into a positive. I didn't think it was a negative, but it was I just, just uh, it was crazy. I, yeah, I think it was our point was just that they didn't have, and I guess that's gonna translate exactly into maybe a discussion we have moving forward, and have had in the past. It was more of a nod to they don't have that number one receiver. They're still working through that. A lot of that options case, that yeah. can catch passes, and I think it translates perfectly to sort of where we see this team right now. And that was a question asked in the press conference. Uh, after the game, you've got Alfred, Gadsden, Jackson, you know, Marcus Adams with a big catch, Devon Cooper with three catches. Like he seemed like he could be in that conversation week one, still in that conversation. There's four or five receivers right now that I feel like any of them can step up. Maybe there's greater likelihoods from certain ones than others, but this is a, a really spread out receiving core right now with a lot of options. And you sort of mentioned Gadsden's role, and I think he will stay in that. And in that role, I think it kind of takes him out of being that number one sort of deep ball option or big play option as he's more of the, you know, he's going to be that security blanket. He's going to be open consistently, and maybe he's not the first look, but he's going to be there. He's going to get his fill every game. I don't know exactly who is going to become option one. Courtney Jackson seemed to jump back onto the scene yesterday. Uh, which I thought was pretty cool. I was excited to see him sort of going into the year. I thought he could be that guy. Uh, he was sort of my... I think a lot of people did, yeah. Yeah, as as many others did. And week one, didn't play terribly by any means, but didn't really show that you know he was in that conversation in drop, the first yeah. week. Devon Cooper had that big week in week one. Uh, and this week he comes in and you know should almost have two touchdowns. I don't know where they found the camera angle or why they didn't show us the camera angle that showed any evidence of where he was holding the ball when his knee went down on that first drive. But on the, what, one-foot line from being a two-touchdown scorer in this game, he played really well. I love to see that. And I I do like 
how many options that there were in this game and, and them just being able to go wherever the open man was and mix things up and and try a lot of stuff and, and just continue to go. Here's one bang. There you go, Damian, in stride down the field. Aronde, a little quick dump off. Uh, I thought I was seeing deja vu on the first drive as they go Devon Cooper with like a 10-yard pass and then Aronde Gadsden with like a 10-yard pass on back-to-back plays. It was pretty much an identical start in terms of those two receivers, week one and week two. And then week two, they end up with seven instead of three. So I'm really pleased with what I've seen from these receivers. I saw the big play, you know, Damian Alford in stride. I will continue to talk about it because of how much it sort of meant to me in terms of solidifying Schrader, in terms of that, I was asking for it last week too. Give me a receiver that just beats his defender and is open down the field and makes a play. And that's what he did. And there were a couple other moments too. I think it was Isaiah Jones maybe that just got up and uh, found the ball at its peak inside the 10 or somewhere around there. It was nice to see some receivers just getting out there, making a big play and saying, hey, we, you know, we're, we're back in terms of this receiving room. We've got options. We've got dogs in this room, and we can do what we want. Yeah, totally. I agree. Um, I want to talk about the defense a little bit as yeah. well before we get to uh, potential vote-getting talk. Um, how about Marlowe Wax in this game? Dude. He didn't He didn't have an, like a huge day. Like He only had two tackles on the day, but the one you play he had where he sacked the quarterback, forced a fumble, and recovered it, like that was not. It was a nuts play. Uh, he's yeah. a freaking dog, man. And, you know, we thought – and we'll really figure it out next week against a real opponent in uh, Purdue. But everybody thought that the linebacker room was going to take a huge step back, whatever, whatever. Derek McDonald looked fine to me. He had half a tackle for loss, four tackles on the day. He looked fine. Uh, and I think the linebackers are going to be totally fine too, because you have guys like Marlo Wax who are going to take, who are going to have to step up into Stefan Thompson's role, and he's going to be the guy taking on two two offensive linemen now instead of uh, just having a clear shot at the quarterback whenever he wants it. Um, so the linebackers are going to be totally fine. But Marlo was a dog in that game. I thought that Michael was really good as well. There were a couple of plays where nobody was really tackling. And Michael was like, really, guys? And then he would just put a guy on the ground. <laughs> um, so, you know, I love watching that defense play. A lot of heavy hitters in that game. Cinco had a great tackle on one of those kickoffs. Elijah you Clark, me, you were that was so excited. Awesome. Yeah, because he's you were the man. So excited. That was a fantastic, best tackle I saw all day. It was from Cinco. That guy's awesome. Uh, and I'm really, really happy that he's playing for, for this team. Uh, Deuce had a really good game. You didn't see yeah. him very often because you, you could not throw to his guy. I think yeah. they threw to his guy like early in the game. And from that point, it was like, okay, you just can't throw a deuce because he's too much of a dog. Um, no. I Garrett love Williams had a sack. Like, too. Yeah. Deuce totally just well. chirps. It's awesome. He, he's great. The defense looked really good. I'm really happy in what uh, we're looking at in this defense. A lot of confidence. Um, and I was just because they're so good. Yeah. I was tweeting this out yesterday. I mean, late in the game, I'm watching Jeremiah Wilson come in. And have the absolute time of his life while having an absolute field day in uh, mid to late fourth quarter time or earlier in the fourth quarter. One and a half tackles for loss. He is just celebrating, firing everyone up. He was on that the the half tackle for loss. I forget who he split with, uh, but he you would have thought that it was 
in a solo sack where he just secured the game. He popped up so energetic, so fired up, high five, high five, high five, going nuts. That energy is 100% contagious. Uh, and I, I think I the future of DBU is I, I am incredibly excited uh, as long as his name stays in that conversation because he is absolutely electric. And watching him just fire everyone up, fire me up, it was really, really fun to see. But this defense as a whole, I mean, they, they did the job. I know I asked for under 14, not including 14. They did exactly 14, so – Technically, technically, they didn't <laughs> please me to perfection, but I think that's an incredible showing from this defense. There's one play, right? There's one play where you have a little lapse, and, and you know UConn pops off for for seven. It happens, yeah. and it's easier it to let that happen when you're up, you know, three four scores. So totally, it's okay. Uh, you know, you'll look at that play, you'll see what happens, what went wrong, make some adjustments. But this this defense came out, they did their job. Uh, I I really was I had a lot of fun watching this defense play. I think Zion Turner is just going to have nightmares uh, with Marlo Wax showing up uh, for as long as uh, it takes him to get over that hit and that fumble and everything because that was he absolutely was leveled. And then <laughs> oh here's a football. Good stuff. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, it, it was absolutely. perfect. Uh, I, the defense did what I wanted them to see, or what I wanted to see. Uh, you know, we asked for multiple turnovers. That's a big ask, right? You get two fumbles technically, so I guess they loopholed into multiple turnovers uh, given the, the the botched punt. But this was a really, really solid performance uh, on all ends of the field. And I, I think there is so much that you can build from this game, even if it is a UConn, even if it is a game that you were favored by 24 points, there is so much that you can take away and you can bring to next week and the next week against Purdue and Virginia, where these are incredibly important games too getting to that six-game margin. We said going into this episode, four games. Four games, you're four wins away. These two are two games that you circle on the schedule. And if Syracuse makes a bowl, it is because they execute in these two weeks. I think you're absolutely correct in in that. Um, I don't think we can chalk up the the end of the schedule to wins because I think everybody in Syracuse media has been doing that a little bit. Um, But... Those ones are certainly more winnable than these ones coming up. So you're totally correct about it. If they win these ones coming up, there's a really good shot. A bowl uh, is is inevitable. All right, let's take a quick break. On the other side, we'll talk about, is Syracuse getting close to being ranked? Is that a thing? Uh, but first, as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Because you know, every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. So we know that in the coaches poll last week, Syracuse got four votes, which is crazy. And the first time that anybody has given Syracuse a chance in terms of ranking since the beginning of the 2019 season when they were ranked going into that Maryland game where they got absolutely embarrassed. Um, I don't, I can't say I thought they were going to have a chance at being ranked going into this year. And of course, it is very early in the season. So we don't know exactly how everything's going to pan out. But right now, Syracuse looks like a really, really good team and one that is probably going to go to a bowl game if it keeps this up. Um, there, I don't know. They might receive a vote this week. I don't think there's a chance they're ranked this week, but they might get like one or two votes just because there have been so many upsets. Like you have two teams falling out of the top 10 in A&M and Notre Dame. Um, Alabama only won by one point to Texas, not saying they're going to lose any spot, but it's just upset city this year. Uh, Pitt lost. Um, NC State did win. Uh, yeah. Wake Forest, they won. Um, but there's just a lot of upsets happening right now. And I, I think Syracuse totally has a chance to be ranked going into the week after this upcoming one, if they beat Purdue, that's yeah. a, a total possibility just because Purdue is a real team who lost to a Penn state squad that is probably going to be ranked this week. They were number 27 in the, in the last poll, uh, they're probably going to bump up this week. So, I mean, it would be pretty crazy if they beat Purdue. I don't see them not being at least in the conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at this week, right? You were talking about the losses, the upsets, right? Six, eight, nine, 12, 17, 19, and 25 lost this week. It's a wow. lot of ranked losses. Uh, you know, some of them are against other ranked teams, but. I think that's only the case in two spots uh, with Pitt losing and with uh, who else lost to a ranked team? Oh boy. I had another one. Oh, and uh, with Florida losing to Kentucky. Um, But you have, you know, ranked teams falling to unranked programs uh, and some, some more notable than others. I think I saw that uh, Notre Dame paid Marshall, I think one and a quarter million dollars to play that game. Yeah. Um, that was crazy. <laughs> That's hysterical. Uh, but you, it's there's a lot of parity right now uh, in terms of you know upsets and ranked teams falling. And I don't know exactly what next week's schedule looks like with you know especially teams in the twenties and who they're playing. If they're playing any you know fringe teams, I mean, there's your opportunities, right? I mean, Miami. I guess they're playing A&M. Are they going to drop 10 spots out of the rankings? I don't know. But you've got some decent teams that will be playing. You know, NC State plays Texas Tech, who just knocked off a ranked team this week. Uh, There's options. There's opportunities for teams to fall, definitely. And, And I think if Syracuse knocks out Purdue, which is not a gimme by any means, which is a game that they're going to have to battle, a game that they're going to have to to play really well in order to win, but is 100% winnable. 
I, I believe they, they can be a ranked team next week. We put that up on Twitter after the game on Saturday in a lot of discussion. And I think the pretty consensus response was that this team will be ranked if they beat Purdue next week in the Dome. Uh, that environment, I would assume, is going to be a fun one. I hope a, a good number of people are there because that's going to play a big role. I was there week one. Uh, that place got loud in week one. And now that place has an opportunity against a Power 5 non-conference opponent with a lot on the line in terms of bowl eligibility, in terms of this ranking and the possibility of a ranking, uh, in terms of just the stakes of the rest of the season. Uh, I would assume that place gets loud and and is going to be a tough place to play on Saturday. Uh, But this is a reality and a discussion that I did, did not foresee in week three oh. on our Monday and, episode. And just week talking three. about Purdue, the, in the eyes of the vote getters, Purdue is better than Syracuse right now because in the yeah. last poll, they got a vote. They got one vote uh, for losing by four points. So right now, I mean, I don't know how close this game's going to be. I will say that a lot of my research on Purdue is going to happen like tomorrow. So I don't have a lot to say about them. Um, but all I do know is that they play a tough schedule, same as Syracuse. Uh, they play yeah. the Big Ten schedule, which is even more difficult. Um, so they're going to be a good team. They were a good team last year, a nine-win team last year. So yeah, uh, Syracuse has his work cut out for it, but this is a new Syracuse team, one that I don't think that Jeff Brom realized he was going to have to face because uh, they probably thought they weren't going to be very good like everybody else did uh, coming into this season who thought they were going to win four games or something. Um, but Hey, they have a really good chance right now to, uh, make their mark. And, and this game among, uh, the next two, which is Virginia will define a little bit what the season is going to be. It will show you what kind of team Syracuse is. If they get blown out, like how do they even respond in the Virginia game? Like what's the story there? Like how do they come out and attack Purdue? Are they going to do their homework? Like it's going to be a very, uh, telling game i think yeah i think so as well and i mean when you look at at this game especially from purdue's perspective too right you're you playing a big 10 schedule you have to play you know the big 10 especially when you look through purdue's schedule they don't have the most difficult schedule or year in terms of ranked opponents at this point but I think you look at a team like Syracuse on your schedule, especially preseason, maybe it's shifted a little bit uh, in terms of the confidence level of this game in their eyes. But this is this is by all means a circled game on their schedule as a really good opportunity to snag a non-conference win uh, against a decent team, but not necessarily your most difficult opponent that you're going to be playing this year. I think this is you know, equally, if not more important for them as well at one and one with a close loss to Penn State to come into Syracuse and and get the job done on the road against a team that I think in the media's eyes, they think is better than Syracuse Uh, going into the season. I think that people thought was better than Syracuse. Uh, I'm interested to see. I have not seen one yet what the opening line is for this game. Um, because I think that'll be telling, I would assume Purdue, I'm going to say Purdue, my guess would be Purdue, but two and a half, um, would be the spread given that it's in the dome, but I don't know. 
Uh, we can look into that. It might even be out right now, and I just haven't seen it yet. Um, but this is an opportunity on both sides uh, with a lot at stake. And to get back to where we started on this, this is a game where even I forget who replied and said it would be brief, but this is a game that that very much can put a number beside Syracuse's name uh, for at least a week, if not three weeks until uh, they head into NC State. And then, uh, I don't know, they, uh, they host NC State. So until they host NC State, and then we'll see what happens from there. Yep. Well, that's all we got for your Monday episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. Go get more on the ACC by making Lockdown ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of the Lockdown take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Lockdown ACC your second listen every day. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's out. Owen Valentine. We will see you tomorrow, and soon we will gear up to talk Purdue. Uh, that's a nooner on Saturday. We'll see you then.